everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. This week belongs to Loki, one of the MCU's most popular and beloved characters, due in no small part to Tom Hiddleston's marvelous portrayal of Thor's baby brother, a.k.a. the god of mischief, Loki, who now finally gets his time to shine and stand on his own, so to speak, with the series Loki, um, which picks up um, at the end of with the switch in the end of Endgame, um, when he comes up with, when he escapes with the Tesseract, which helps uh, set up the premise for this Disney series of Loki. Got a little tongue tied there, Tammy. All excited about Loki. So what did you think? <clears throat> Thank God Tom Hiddleston's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, no, okay. So I think it was very... Overall, it was very information heavy because you could tell that the series Loki, um, along with the fact that, like you said um, in the intro, like Loki is like, I would say the most popular like villain slash anti-hero of the series. Like everybody kept saying like, bring Loki back. Like he was like the Han of Marvel Universe. Right. Um, and so I was very, very excited about his own series, but I felt like this series was just a setup for um, what's to come for the Marvel Universe, uh, because we're going to see more of the the theme and the topics that were in um, Loki in uh, Doctor Strange, as well as Spider-Man and continuing forth in the Marvel Universe. So it was I, I, like it was okay. Like I, I watched it. Um, I wasn't like the most excited, like I was for WandaVision um, or the Black Widow movie, but I, I watched it. And I think partly because like, I loved Loki. Like I was excited for this. Like he's one of my favorite characters. So yeah, it's a, it was a hit or miss, I guess uh, would be like my final thought. What about you? Um, goodness. I, Spoiler, you know, I, I I guess we should do the verbal spoiler or yeah. The whole um, thing, the whole episode's always spoiler, but okay. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I guess I'm stalling for time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Get um, ready. <laughs> okay, to begin with, I love the tie-ins um, and how seamless the continuation is between the movies, um, especially in game. And the various characters now that they're all starting to get their own spinoff series, movies, standalones, whatever. So that's one thing I love about the MCU is how they all find some way to tie them, to tie the movies together. Um, and, and they do it just enough so you don't necessarily have to watch everything before it to kind of get to where they are now. So that's one thing I love. And I love how they did that with Loki. Um, like I said, it picks up at that switch part of when he reappeared in Endgame because they had to go back in time um, to to try to get the Tesseract. And um, we get this version of Loki now. And so I love that. And it, it, it that does a great job of explaining the series, which I agree was a lot. And I believe I told you that. I was like, it's, it's pretty, it's dense. <laughs> um, it, 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 I, yeah, it was dense. It was hit or miss with me too, honestly. Um, the first three, the first episode, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I was, I was a little disappointed at, at parts. Um, I probably am going to have an unpopular opinion here. I think they could have saved four hours and did this in a movie with a little bit more action. I think it probably would have been better served as a movie. Um, 
and not necessarily one an MCU movie where as we go to the theaters and watched it, but this would have been a great standalone movie on Disney Plus. Um, and I think to just kind of condense it because there were, it, it was a little dense. It was a little it was a little thick for me at times, and um, it didn't have enough action. I love Loki, and I love seeing Loki use his magic. And I missed that. Like, I missed that it, it didn't have a lot of action in it, you know. So that was probably one of my big drawbacks about it. Um, what about you as far uh, as? Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that um, Loki was a little stifled on what made him so beloved and what made him such a fan favorite. Um, wasn't really showcased in, in this series um, you know, I I will say one thing is is that they did keep like the banter of Loki on how he talks his way out of everything, or he tried to talk his way out of everything, which I absolutely love. Like the first episode you said was going to be a trying episode for me. I got to get to like the third episode, but I will say that I enjoyed the first episode, and the reason why is because of the banter. Like Loki was Loki in the first episode on how he kept trying to talk his way out of um his capture and everything like that yeah I really like I really really enjoyed that through the whole first episode on every single time like he opens his mouth I'm like here we go again um and then it just it just proved the point on why I loved Loki I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki like I think he is a phenomenal actor that has made Loki his own and he's up there with Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans on I don't think anybody else can truly play that role the way that they have um played that role and made it their own uh so I will say that I did miss the whole um, magic aspects of who Loki is in this series because he wasn't allowed to use magic the way that he normally um, would to get in and out of trouble um, previously. So I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and you kind of hinted on it um, a little bit, but what do you think overall about the evolution of Loki as a character? Like how he has evolved from since when did we first see him in Thor or... What's in the first Avenger? Yeah, Thor. Okay. Because yeah, Thor was before the first Avenger. Oh, okay. Yeah, Thor was yeah. horrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I try, I, I try to forget. I try to forget the original Thor. Well, no, it's the second Thor that was really the 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 one Dark World. Oh, Dark, oh my dark God. World. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. first Thor was kind of like, and that was when I can honestly say I was in it. Tom Hiddleston made that movie bearable. But that was one that I was just in it because it was the Marvel Universe and you knew it was introducing Thor. But Ragnarok is really when Thor took off for me. But, you know, that's when it hit. But um, overall, since we first met Loki and Thor, long question aside, I'll repeat it because that 10-minute soliloquy. Um, <laughs> what do you think about the evolution of this character since we first met him in Thor? Um, I love it because... I, I one like once again the, another reason why I love Loki is because there's no like one thing about him like it's it's not like even even Thor feels this way about his own brother where you know that sorry okay for my notes one thing that I wrote down was um that better explains what I'm trying to say is that Loki is a perfect perfect example of nature versus nurture and I feel like he's always fighting against that 
on who he actually is, who he was born as, who he was born to be, which he always talks about. Um, and then compared to who he was raised by and how he was raised as Thor's brother. He was raised by his mom, by, um, oh God, I forgot what the father's name was. Odin. Od Odin. Um, so kind of like comparing to that, I feel like he's always fighting against that because even as he um, is the god of mischief, he's also someone that really, really loved his mother. Like, he really, really loved her. And yet, like, he just he felt, like, inside that there was always something missing in his life. And I, I love the evolution of he still to this day fights against that, right? Where he's not a bad person. Um, I don't think Loki is a bad person. I think he's made very, very bad decisions. Um, I think he has made decisions where he's not always lived with the consequences of those decisions, but overall being like a bad person, absolutely not. Like he's not a Thanos, okay? Like, <laughs> um, which is even, because Thanos is a questionable as well. Um, but he, there's always a question on how far Loki can go. And you, you do see him have a fight of conscience when he does things that is wrong. And it's usually his brother that kind of makes him second guess himself and then ultimately he always chooses what he wants to do but um I, I love that about him like there's always a fight on the inside between his nature and his nurture um aspects of how he grew up if that makes sense that makes sense right yeah it does it makes okay. perfect sense I love it okay. um I'm just gonna preface this with nerd alert nerd alert um, <laughs> in the original Greek or Norse mythology uh gosh Loki was Thor's younger brother, but he was adopted, which we know of in here, but he was half demon and half God. And somehow he was also Odin's, uh, how he became half demon and half God is he was Odin's blood brother. So he mixed Odin's blood with his own and that's what made him. So that's why he has that dueling nature, kind of what you're talking about, nature versus nor nurture, the good um, in him which comes from, you know, the Odin part and then the nurture, which I think they do a great job of, you know, the, the, the mischievous, the demonic part of him, I guess, uh, the devil in him versus the, the, the God in him and that nurture that he gets from his mom and his family and the love aspects and all of that. And I think Marvel has done a great job because I know for me, in uh, Thor, when I, you know, just hearing Loki, you, we used to automatically think bad guy, and he was this character that no one had given much thought to, and mm -hmm. everyone was prepared to hate him. And Tom Hiddleston did a great job. And I remember when there were rumors about him leaving with the original, the OG, uh, we'll call them Phase One crew, the introductory crew, the OG crew, Chris Evans, all them. It was like what? And then when we all thought he died. Um, in Infinity Wars, like, what the hell? And then you hear the rumblings, well, is Loki getting a show? How are they going to do it? So, again, just like what we talked about with Black Widow, I think they did a great job of picking a point where it makes, where logistically and realistically sense. makes sense to have Loki come back. And it, and it explains a lot. Like I said, it's dense because it lacks action, but you do it serves a purpose and you it, it, you said it's information heavy and it is information that all makes sense and it kind of gives you an idea. And that was one of the things that, you know, once I kind of weighed the fact, okay, this isn't going to be what we think it is. So I have to accept it for where it is and meet it where it is. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it a little bit more, but I think he's kind of grown up um, and he no longer has baby brother syndrome. And I like that. Um, 
It kind of shows who he is standing on his own. And the way you get it, you get to see all these dueling Lokis and all these various Lokis and all these incarnations of Loki at various stages in his life. Like you see the Loki of who he was, who he is and who he could be. And then you get some that were kind of in the middle. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, and so, like you said, it also helps us, I think I got a better understanding of why he was, um, why he is the way he is and why he made some of the decisions he made in the past, especially you kind of get the feeling of how fucked up it is when um, Owen Wilson's timekeeper guy, I, you know, I'm horrible with names, but <laughs> Mor- um, Morbius. yeah, when Morbius told him, hey, Basically, your purpose on life is to fail or fuck up so that your older brother, who's already the, the golden child of the family and of the universe, and, you know, one of the most beautiful Avengers, um, so that he and his team can succeed. And I'm like, what? Like, can you imagine how fucked up that is that someone is telling you that that is your purpose in life? Yeah, that is jacked up. <laughs> like, my, my job... <laughs> cosmically I was put on this earth to be an utter failure or fuck up just so you could succeed at my expense like I was like wow like that to me I was at that moment I was like wow that explains so much and then um so I loved that part of it so there were aspects of it that I really loved and I've loved the evolution and I love that they got rid of the bad bad wigs they had from the beginning um that one flashback scene I guess where they went back to the first Loki and he had on that horrible long wig and I'm like oh and I'm glad that they start using less makeup on Tom Hiddleston because he's too beautiful to cover up like that (laughs) (laughs) but um and I agree with you, the banter. I love Loki, just his banter. And just when he can try to talk his way, smooth talk or Loki talk somebody when he tries to Loki someone. Um, I thought that was really good. Now, um, when do you, what did you think about all the Lokis where you got to meet all the different Lokis? Um, I wasn't a fan of any of them. <laughs> I mean... It's interesting to see all the Lokis together in like one area and the different formations of Lokis. Like, okay, you like, yeah, that, that, yeah, I mean, eh. but um, to say that it really like hadn't um made an impression on me, it did not. Um, like, I, yeah, <laughs> like, like it, it really, really didn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I wasn't sold on it. Like, it that scene didn't sell me on it. I was still, I was just still focused on um the original Loki, which I'm going to call the original Loki. Like, that, that was still my focus, even as you saw all the other ones there and everything like that. Um, nice dynamic, I guess, when they were all together. And then, you know, certain ones came together and the betrayal of it, which is so Loki. Um, you know, which was interesting on his own Loki's betraying him <laughs> and him standing on the side like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we are Lokis. <laughs> like, like, that's just what we do um, kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was the most interesting thing was him kind of seeing like all of himself and then the different ways of him being Loki and recognizing and being like, yeah, that's something Loki would do, like, kind of thing, so. Yeah, I, I like, um, 
I like. I thought it's funny how all the Loki's have. They were in cliques, like they formed yeah. Loki cliques. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, gangs going on? Yeah, like, oh no, we don't like this group of Loki's. And I'm like, really? And then when they just start fighting each other, I'm like, and when uh, they betrayed like the main, <laughs> you know I was, what? I'm gonna change my mind on that. Cause when they were when they betrayed like the main Loki after he got them downstairs. That was interesting to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then the alligator Loki, I'm just like, really? <laughs> like, um, and then once they explain, he's like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, okay. Um, so I, so having said that about the Lokis, what did you think about Sylvie? Um, it was nice. I like the uh, the one thing I will say is um, out of all the Lokis, you mean to tell me there was only one female Loki in this whole <laughs> this whole entire like universe? Out of all the Lokis, there was only one female. Um, unless maybe there was another female, and I just didn't see her um, in all the mix. But um, I did think it was. I liked. I liked Sylvie. I, I did. I did like. I did like Sylvie. Um, she had a purpose. She definitely had a purpose and she stuck to her purpose. And I will say that it was kind of in comparison to how Loki, like Loki's whole purpose was to rule, right? Like he ain't know what he was going to rule, but he knew he was destined to rule somewhere. Um, and that same purpose that he had drove every decision that he made. And I think the same thing with Sylvie. Sylvie had a purpose and every decision that she made was towards getting to that purpose. And um, I thought, I guess that personality trait goes no matter which Loki you are, uh, which I did, I, I did like. I, I like that. Like, she was badass. Yeah, I, you know, I, I liked it too. And she was the perfect combination to me of the best and the worst parts of Loki. She was a little bit more practical and analytical than we're normally used to from Loki. You know, Loki is a do first, ask questions later type of person most of the time. Um, he doesn't give, like you said, all he knows is he wants to rule. He doesn't know what he's going to rule. He doesn't know how he's going to rule. He just knows he that he's, deter <laughs> he's determined to rule. And other than that, his whole quest in life is to find something or someone to rule over. Um, so she's more practical in her thinking, but she was just so hell-bent on, on her objective and her revenge that the consequences be damned. And that was truly... Loki at his essence or his core as well um so it's like she was the best and worst parts of Loki and Loki falling in love with himself is narcissistic but it's a bit on brand like it's totally Loki you know but I think like I took it as in I know we're supposed to think of the fact of like him falling in love with himself but I didn't see it as that because I saw Loki I, I saw um Loki and Sylvie as their own characters right and he fell in love with the traits that she had because even as they kind of had the same you know um home life um it, it was still very different because she grew up by herself right she basically raised herself while he was raised with loving parents and you know he was just a typical teenager on he's just gonna shit on everything around him um I just saw him as falling in love with Sylvie <laughs> like I mean I don't know like I, I, I didn't necessarily see it as him falling off with himself like because <laughs> She she was like him, but not. It was kind of like having a female who you really like, and they have some qualities um, 
that you may have, but they're different in other ways as well. And I think the differences is what he truly fell in love with rather than the similarities. I, I, yeah, I will agree with you that she did a great job. They did a great job of making Sylvie her own character, her own version of Loki. Uh, but at the end of the day, she was still a Loki. <laughs> it, it was just like, and and I get it. Most of the time when I was watching, I you you do besides when you besides in the beginning when you're introduced to the big the quote unquote big bad, and you know that they're on the hunt for another Loki who has escaped the time people, the timekeepers, and has been wreaking havoc across the timeline. Um, when you so once you get because. when the big reveal came that was not at all what I was expecting I was not expecting Sylvie I was not expecting and out of all the other Lokis even though they kind of have their own personality she was the one to me who was the most truly defined and and independent if that makes sense yeah I agree and so um, they did a good job of giving her of making her her own character and there were only a few times when I thought of her as, okay, she's a Loki. But again, ultimately, I was like, when they start to kiss, I'm like, oh God, you're kissing a version of yourself. Like, <laughs> you know, and I was just thinking, dude, you, and I think someone pointed it out, like, Mobius is like, really? Her? You? It, it, but like I said, him falling in love with a version of himself. It's narcissism. <laughs> Is, is narcissism at its worst and it's completely on brand for Loki and somehow it it all still works. Like, it's, it works. I was just like, you know, it was like Arsenio Hall said who recently uh, was co-hosting Jimmy Kimmel Live and he brought back, it's one of those things that make you say, hmm, you know. So that's what it was. <laughs> it was just like, hmm, yeah, narcissistic 101, but it works. You are, because ultimately who does Loki love more than himself and maybe his mom? No one. (laughs) Sylvie, who is a female version of a right? Ah, shit, Eddie. (laughs) It's, it's, It's himself. His mom, he loves Thor. He does love he Thor. He does love Thor. Um, he really, really loves Thor um, as his brother. Um, and then it would be Sylvie, which is a female version of his You're right. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it, Eddie. <laughs> but, but it works. It does work. But ultimately, because, you know, I say that. And I found myself rooting for them, too. And I'm like, what does this say about me? Like, for real? <laughs> Like I was, and you think about it, like, so is this saying that the perfect person, our soulmate, is just another version of ourself? Like, but you know, I, I was like, okay, but for, for <laughs> Loki, right. for Loki, it works. It they did, but I and like I said, I think they did a great job um, with the reveal. That was surprised me because again, once you heard it was a Loki, I was thinking of another version of Tom Hiddleston. I was not expecting a Sylvie. So kudos to them on pulling that off and. Uh, making that character her own, her own person, her own being. And like I said, she was the most fully recognized and independent version of all the other Lokis. And I, I think someone said that they were like, Loki, and he's like, don't call her that. Her name is Sylvie. And when she was like, don't call me that. My name is Sylvie. So I, I, I think that that went a long way to kind of distinguish. And you almost forget that she's Loki, just in a literally an address almost. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, you just destroyed it, Eddie. 
<laughs> the destroyer of love worlds. Um, and like you said, it really picked up to me. It got better. Um, and episodes like one through three, it, they were kind of like the beginning, I guess. And that's where you had to get a lot of it out the way. But it really picked up for me on episodes four through six. What about you? Um, four through six, yes. I, I I would definitely agree. Besides the whole banter of it, um, once you really got into what the purpose of the series was, um, you know, it hit the ground running from there on really getting to, um, you know, towards the end of trying to destroy the TVA and then finding out what the TVA really is about and everything like that. So, yes, I would agree on you on that. Now, um, so... I, I, and I think it did a great job also, the whole TVA thing, the timeline, which we haven't really talked about a lot. This whole thing is about Loki being out of time. And since he was the not supposed to escape um, when they got the Tesseract, when the Avengers went back in, it was in game to get the Tesseract, um, Loki wasn't supposed to escape. We know in the original, uh, I guess that was the Avengers 2 when that happened, or was it? I forgot which one. It was the first one. It was the first Avengers when that happened? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. So we know that he does not escape originally. So in this one, in Endgame, he does escape. And we were all wondering, oh, okay, so we all knew that Loki lived. But because he wasn't supposed to live and he had already previously died, he becomes what they call a variant of himself. Um, and he messes up the timeline at that point. And so I guess that also explains because when he gets into the, what is it, time capsule? Can we just call it the time capsule? What? Do you know, like, the place where they send them, I'm just going to call it the time the capsule. The void? Yeah. No, not when he, not when he, not where they sent him there, but when the TVA, when the timekeepers get him, oh, I guess it is the TVA. But when they, when they first get him and they take him back to the place, the time place, where he has to stay in trial. Oh, is it TVA? Okay. It's the time TVA. capsule, the TVA. Um, so he's a variant, and they take him there, and I guess that explains where he was during the uh, during the blip. Well, no, I guess during the blip, he would have been dead. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> there's no time. The time See, doesn't work. this is what I'm talking about, about this whole thing. It was so much information, and you couldn't really piece it together. But go ahead. My bad. Yeah, you're right. Because I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, okay, so he escaped. But when he escaped, he would, okay, so during a blip, he was assumed dead. Because after, when Thanos snaps his hand, and then at some point, because at that point, it's still during the blip, when they go back in time and try to get all the pieces so they can bring Thanos and everyone else back so during the blip he's half dead he's half alive but they all still think he's dead because he escaped and he's in the time TVA or whatever where time doesn't really know any where time doesn't pass like it does for everyone else so mm -hmm. I guess that's a good way of explaining that but um, what did you think about the whole that whole timeline thing the whole timeline plot and story it was time consuming. Pun <laughs> intended. <laughs> uh yeah, it, it was it was a lot to kind of figure out exactly where this was going. Um, to keep track of like 
it, it, it was a lot. Um, even like towards the end with the whole spoiler and, you know, when they finally find the timekeepers as, you know, him and Sylvia are looking for and they get to, I forgot what the dude's name was, who is like over it all and he's explaining everything to them. And I'm just like, okay, ah, oh, darn it. Like, it, it was just too much. It, it was too much. Like, I felt like I needed a notebook and I should have been taking some real notes. Like, okay, so they said that this is supposed to happen. Okay. Um, okay, this, like, I felt like I should have been taking some notes on that. Um, so it was a lot. It was, it, 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 I'm just going to continue to say, like, it was a lot. It, it was a lot. Like, I understand it was a setup and I'm going to appreciate it when Dr. Strange comes out and when Spider-Man comes out and they go into more details of it and show how it works in the Marvel universe universe sorry um but for right it was just a lot like yeah yeah and you know we can tv's not supposed to make my brain work that much come on now yeah okay we can get back to how this sets up we'll come back to that we'll 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 wind our way see what i did there with the time we'll wind our way back to that uh to this to this being a setup for um what's to come in a Marvel universe. You're so clever, Eddie. <laughs> I try, I try. Um, I just called him the Time Wizard. Again, you know I'm horrible with fucking names. And I actually I, don't, I don't even remember what his name was, so we can go with Time Wizard. Okay, so I called him the Time Wizard because I, you get it, once you found out that the timekeepers were just like these animated <laughs> robot things, these animated droid things, I was like, oh, okay. And I love the play or the homage to the Wizard of Oz with that and the timekeeper. So when they actually find him and he's sitting behind the curtain and it's just this little guy, after all they went through, I'm like, oh, bruh, they're going to snap you in half. And again, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert or twist, it's like, nah, he really is as powerful and as omnipotent as he says. He, he, um, he really is like a time god. And to figure out that he was just a really, really smart guy who kind of bent time and the time space continuum and all that. And then it gets real sciencey and science is not my thing. You want to talk history and politics, I'm there. Science, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're both there. Science, nah, bro. Science, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. I believe in it. I know. Yeah, but nah. So when he was getting into that, I was like, okay. And I, I, for the most part, understood what he was trying to say. He was the lesser of the evils and his variants, all the different versions of him, which I didn't understand. Like, if we have multiverses, but they were all different versions of him from the different multiverses is what he was saying, right? Yeah. Okay. And so they all started, they all figured out the same thing. And so they all start trying to dominate. And he was saying that he was the one who was actually the most logical and the nicest of them all and the ends of what he was trying to do because he saw what happens when there isn't somewhere there to control the time and the time space continuum all that how it wreaks other chaos if that doesn't did I sum it up about right uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's not somebody who is controlling ultimately time, the good and the bad of it. Um, yeah, like it, 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 what he was trying to stop that, stop them from doing was releasing even the more evil of what having someone who's controlling time when they're not there, when he's not there, the 
most evil of evil being released in the havoc that they could put on the universe, not just the world, but on the universe as a whole. So yes. Yeah, and and the most evil of evil is some version of him. Yeah. And so, um, and the time wizard was played impeccably, like marvelously by Jonathan Majors, who is just, I hope to see more of him in the MCU and also on maybe on season two of Loki. Spoiler, it's already been renewed um, for season two, but he is really, really in demand um, these days. So, but he did a phenomenal job as the timekeeper. He was an ass, but he played the role and you kind of understood and the one thing that got me is like, okay, it's, you know, Loki is the king of bullshit. So he can kind of see through the bullshit. And so I think he realized at first he was like, yeah, this guy is selling us a bag of goods. But as he started telling the story and Loki started thinking about it, he's like, and then he sees his face. Cause that one moment where he was like, yeah, you're going to say this, this, and this. And then that one moment where he really has that, that when you, you kind of see the cockiness leave the time wizard's face and you kind of see a little bit of fear when he's like whoa I didn't see that coming I don't know what's coming next oh I and agree so, with you on that yeah like you and, and that's what Loki sees and that's I think ultimately that's what changes Loki's mind is when he sees the fear because before he was all confident as he's talking but when he gets that fear and he's just like oh my gosh like I, I don't know what's about to happen um, that changes Loki's mind. Yeah. And he's just like, maybe some people are necessary evils in this world. And he's one of those necessary evils that we need to keep. Yeah. Cause he saw like, you know, the way he went about plucking the variants and all that kind of stuff. But once he explained, it, it's like, you kind of understand. And, you know, if we could really go back in time and if all time travel was real back to the future and all of that, you, we've all heard about the butterfly fly effect and what happens and how changing one little thing we all say "Ooh, if we could go back to the past and change one little thing it would be this moment but then we think our life would turn out a different way usually we hope it would turn out for the better but sometimes we don't know that one little thing may actually make it end up worse so you know it was like you what they were releasing would be the butterfly effect of chaos and so when Loki saw that in him I was like oh shit and and Sylvie at the point where she this is the worst part of Loki you remember earlier versions of Loki in different Marvel movies where he was just so consumed by his rage and his hate um, of Thor or the situation or or his need for revenge where he didn't see anything but that he couldn't see the bigger picture and so at that point I thought it was a brilliant showing that evolution of his character and how she was at that point also represented the worst parts of Loki where she that's all she wanted and then after she did it it was like she kind of has this moment of what the hell have I done like it didn't bring her to peace or the closure she thought it would right about that I agree so um now we kind of hinted at it before um oh what did you think about Owen Wilson before we get that as Morbius or Mobius he was good I liked him. I hate his crooked nose, but I liked him. The broken um, nose that he refuses to get fixed. Yeah, and um, with all the money he got, well, hopefully the money that he got, you never know how rich these actors are. Um, but he comes from a rich Hollywood family, though. Um, 
also I liked what you call it. I can't never say her name. Google Mbatha Ross. Google Google. I like Google too. I thought she did very very well on playing um, a dedic like a dedicated act to um, the TVA who is kind of just wanting to keep the status quo because she doesn't know what comes if the status quo is broken up. And that was ultimately her whole push on um, keeping um, it the way it is because you don't know what's going to come if you destroy what's always been in place kind of thing. So I I liked her as well in the character that she played. Like you hated her, but I kind of understood why she was the way she was. Yeah, she was she was that true believer um, character um, who basically is. I I believe in the mission. I believe that I'm here for a, a higher purpose. And yeah, there are things that I question. I have my suspicions, just like you. But I I ultimately trust the system or the process more than I distrust it. Um, so yeah, I I loved her. I loved her character too. Um, and what about, uh, I hope I pronounced her name right. Uh, I'm actually looking it up so that you know that's the only reason why I know this. Her, uh, Rumi Masaku, who played the hunter, she was like the officer. Um, I loved her character. Oh, the black lady? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. B-15, hunter B-15. That was Yeah, she, she was good. She was good. I mean, you know, she played a role well. Um, yeah. Yeah, she so... Like, it was not significant about, like, you know, the acting or anything. I mean, like, she did good in the role. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought she was good in her role. And I loved when she had that. She was also, she she was the one who I thought would be Gugu Mabatha uh, Ross' character or Ravona Renslayer. Um, that was her character. She's the one who I thought would be the tried and true, just dedicated through and through, ride or die. with the Until situation. she was shown her life. Yeah, until the end. I thought she would have been that just, oh, I don't care. This is my duty. This is my mission. And then when she got that glimpse of who she was or what life was, I was like, oh, shoot. You know, so that that to me, that was also another twist I wasn't expecting. And Sophie DiMartino, um, she played Sylvie. So I think she did a great job. Now, where do you think? I understand how this would be a better fit, this story, to pick up this story. Um, I understand how it would be a better fit for Doctor Strange, um, just because of the time-bending nature of Doctor Strange and all of that. I don't necessarily, I'm interested to see how they're going to put it into Spider-Man, whether we get some Easter eggs or just some of the signs to come and they continue it. Spider-Man is coming out before Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, it comes out in December. Yeah, so I don't know. With Spider-Man, I, I'm thinking maybe Easter eggs or maybe some hints to, to of what's to come or picking up some of the threads in here. What do you think? I don't know. Once again, like, I like I, I can't think that far ahead. Like, movies and TV shows for me to shut my brain off, not for me to have it work over time to try to figure this out. <laughs> so when I, when, I go, so when I go to the movies to see Spider-Man, they just going to explain to me exactly how it connects to Loki, and I'm going to accept their explanation. <laughs> that's, that's the game I'm going to play. And um, so, this, 
I, I just can't think of it. I, I, I honestly cannot think of it, and I don't want to. I, I think it's just they're making it too intricate, and you know that's for the nerds um out there who really, really go into detail, and they could tell you like everything and what's gonna happen. Like that's for them, but for me and why I watch movies and why I enjoy TV shows and everything, um. That's not for me. I'm not analyzing that. I'm just going to enjoy it when it shows up. <laughs> that's it. And, and then when it happens, you're going to be like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and I probably will. I probably like, will. I don't like that. Okay. Okay. Well, and I'll still be nerds, like, but I love Tom Holland, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, for the nerd, I'm going to nerd out again. I think, like I said, I think it, I, I, I'm thinking it's just going to be some Easter eggs or they're going to pull on some threats. I don't know how they're going to make the connection and deal with the fallout fully in Spider-Man because he has his own fallout to deal with from when um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, I forgot who that was, uh, when when he revealed who he really was. So unless they go back in time and erase that, I don't know. But I, like I said, I actually see this um, being filled out more and um, them addressing it more in Doctor Strange, which I, I would be interested to see um, if Tom um, if Tom Hiddleston and Loki do show up in Doctor Strange, because again, Doctor Strange is now the new, uh, what is he? I guess the new Iron Man. He's like the new protector of the Avengers. So he, he, he's the new daddy of the Avengers, I guess. Um, you know, taking that mantle over from Tony Stark. So that will be interesting to see. All right. So as I stated, it's already been renewed for season second, for season second, for second season. Second season. Are you good on that? Yeah or nay? You agree? Yay, definitely. Yay. Yeah. Give me some more Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I love Loki. Even as this was a little information heavy for me, like, I I feel like Loki's going to be a character that can do no wrong for me. Like, I'm going to love him no matter what. So if you can give me more Loki, I'm all for it. Okay. So um, before we wrap up, I'm just going to have you do something you just said you don't like to do. What do you want to see happen? Besides, we both said probably a little bit more drama and a little bit more, a little bit more action and a little bit more magic from Loki. Um, I miss, like you said, after after episode one, you didn't really see too much of the Loki banner. It was really, got really dramatic and serious. So I kind of want to go back to a little bit more of the fun-loving Loki. What about you? Anything else you want to well, see? No, you 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 said it. The um the banter. Um, just keep Loki as Loki, where he tries to talk his way out of, and he he still did it, but it just wasn't as much as I guess I'm used to or I wanted to see. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely that. I would also like to see Loki win more than he loses, especially in his own series. Um, as well as kind of come to terms, like I think Loki needs some therapy as well, like have him come to terms with, um, you know, uh, Thor and, you know, the death of his mom, which always hits him hard. Like that is his weak point is the death of his mother and the fact that he played such a huge role in her ultimately dying. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, I, like I said, I'll take anything as long as it's Loki. I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um i i did not see, yeah he doesn't need to deal with his guilt over that and you saw how it hits i i did too and 
Um, again, I don't know if they can handle it all in Thor, but I would be interested. Like I said, I want to see Jonathan Majors return as the Time Wizard, um, whether it's in throughout the, the Marvel Universe um, or definitely in Loki. Um, I'm interested to see how the reset works because, mm-hmm. you know, when, once he got back to the... Uh, oh, they didn't know who he was. Yeah. yeah, just like when he got back to the time capsule, everything had been reset. And it's like now they knew instead of thinking that there were time gods or timekeepers, whatever they called them, you saw that one big picture of the time wizard or not picture, that one big statue of the time wizard. And so everything had been reset again. So it's interested to see. I'm interested to see um, how Sylvie will be affected and how she'll get out of the void and all of that other stuff. So um, and how that's addressed. So I, I'm just I'm, I'm happy with it. And, you know, obviously Disney is too. They were, um, they, they picked it up for a second season and it was also their highest rated show, high, even rated higher than WandaVision, which was a runaway hit for them. So, um, shout out. All right. Before we end this, of course, it's time to get it popping. Pop, pop, pop. How many popcorns are you giving Loki? Um, I'm going to give Loki three, three popcorns, um, three popcorns with, um, promise if that makes any sense um i'm excited to see what comes up with season three as well as other movies because what they've introduced one thing that they've introduced that i truly love is that they've introduced a way to bring back fan favorites i felt like now they can bring back scarlett johansson as black widow they can bring back chris evans as captain america um they can bring back robert downey jr as iron man and not have to keep them completely in the Avengers or in the Marvel Universe, but they can pop in and out now because you've opened up a way for that to happen on the different versions of um, the same character. Uh, So I'm definitely giving it three popcorns and I hope that season two is even better than season one. What about you? Um, I agree. We we pretty much agreed. Um, I I gave it a three as well uh, with promise. Again, I was um, a little disappointed, but you know, overall, um, it's Loki, Tom Hiddleston. Um, he would get a five just for himself. Sorry to objectify him, but he's a beautiful man. Um, <laughs> but I, I agree with you. Everything you said. Um, hope to see uh, different characters. Um, I don't necessarily know how they're going to bring them back. I'd be interested to see how he figures in, or if he figures into the next Thor as well, considering that that's his brother, or if he's still trapped in the time capsule. Um, but yeah, uh, and just interested to really, really see how this story opens the gate, so to speak, um, or the next chapter of the Marvel Universe, because they said that this is really the spinoff and it kind of tells you where they're heading with the, with the next phase or the next chapter. With of the, the multiple universe. Use- Multiple universes. That's why I say, like, I'm excited about Spider-Man to see, like, how they explain this to me. And also Doctor Strange, which is like my one of my least favorite superhero so i'm excited to see how they implement that as well yeah um again the doctor strange movie was another movie it took me a couple of times to watch before i just really got into it and i yeah. was like oh okay because the first watch i was like what the fuck and i was like nah i'm good on doctor strange but um <laughs> i went back and after i watched it again i was like oh okay it's better than i thought so um all right well that does it for this episode of the popcorn wind down as always, want to thank you for joining us. And please be sure to listen, like, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify Podcasts. 
You can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment pop culture news as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goodness at the Popcorn Wine Down. That's it. That's the plug. Pop, pop, pop. Thank you as always, and be sure to join us next week when we discuss Snake Eyes. Will it be a winner or will it crap out? Ha <laughs> ha! Oh my God. <laughs> she hates it when I'm corny, y'all. She thinks I'm the corniest person. <laughs> it's entertaining. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> All right. So until next time, I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Peace.